This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today, my guest on the show is Aaron Tarr. Aaron is a confidence coach for teen and tween girls and the creator of the Fierce and Flourish Empowerment Program and a thought leader in the youth confidence space. She has a 20-year career in education and personal development, serving teens and tweens and moms, which led her to be named among Central Illinois Business Magazine's 40 Under 40. She has led countless confidence-building workshops and Girl Scout troops, athletic teams, and youth groups. In this episode, we talk about her work and how she works with young women, and she has some young men she coaches as well, and how she works with them to overcome self-doubt and everyday anxiety. Erin brings the energy in this episode, and I know you're going to enjoy hearing from her. If you do enjoy this podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening so that potential new listeners can find us. And if you want to learn more about this show and all the shows in our network, just go to sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Erin. All right. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling, everybody. Today, I'm so excited to have Aaron Tarr on the show with us. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Are you plantastic as well? I see all the plants <laughs> behind you, and I'm like, it is an addiction. So actually, this one, the big one is fake, and okay. this one is real, and this is the only plant I've ever been able to keep alive, ever. Ever. I've had this for probably like 11 years and I've had many plants come and go in that time. And this is the only one that stuck with me. I mean, I, I buy them. My husband keeps them alive. We probably have 30 indoor house plants. Like it's, wow. it just keeps growing. It just, it, I don't stop. Cause then I'll be like at Trader Joe's and I'm like, well, this is only $9. Like I should just buy another one. But it's really good for you. Psycho psychologically, it's very good to have living things that are not human that can't talk back to you in your house. <laughs> well, and it's supposed to be like really good for the air, right? Like it's supposed right. to be a purifying agent. Yes. And as much as I've heard- the environment. <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to like purify our air these days. And I'm like, well, can my plants just count? Let's hope. Here's hoping, <laughs> Here's hoping my, my this and the two cuttings I have from that in my house will suffice. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Aaron, way back in the day, was on the Illuminate podcast that Emma hosted that episode, Emma Benner, who is my editor here and, and producer here. Um, and we were think, talking about guests for this show. And we're like, why wouldn't Aaron come on? Why is everyone yelling? It makes a lot of sense. So Erin, tell us a little bit about what you do at Benchmark and your book, Your Fierce Life. Yes. I am a confidence coach for teens is what I call myself when people ask what I am and what I do. And that encompasses so many things. And the main thrust of that is always giving young people, and I use the term young very broadly, <laughs> the tools they need to live what I call their fiercest life. Mm. And their fiercest life is one in which they wake up, whether it's at the age of 18 or 28 or 68, and 98% of the time they're like, yes, 
I'm doing what I want to be doing with the people that I want to be doing it with, having an impact that I want to be having in this world that I'm meant to be having in this world. And so that is my mission and my passion in life. And that is what I live through my company be the benchmark in all of my fierce programming, whether it's one-on-one coaching or my book, Your Fierce Life, Six Simple Steps to Daily Confidence for Teens, <laughs> or my speaking or my programs that I put on for groups of kiddos, whatever it is, uh, that's the main idea is that we would all be able to live our fiercest life. Mm, okay. So where, how did you even get involved? Like how did this even start? Yeah. So my background is in education and I always – I went into education – because I wanted to impact the next generation. Like for some reason, I feel so incredibly blessed to have been one of those people that knew from a very young age that I was supposed to have an impact on the next generation. Like that was, I figured this out like my sophomore year of college, right? And so knowing that has always been the trajectory of what I would do. And so I assumed that would be through education, through a traditional nine months out of the year teaching in a public school classroom situation. And through life, learning more about personal development, leadership studies, really becoming immersed in that world. At the same time that I was learning about educational pedagogy and child development, all of these things, and recognizing that they were on two very separate tracks, and I felt like they needed to intersect. Mm. We needed more of, and now they call it social and emotional learning, but when I was in school learning, social and emotional learning was not something that they, that I was taught or was brought up. So thank God somebody's trying, trying to figure this out now. Right. <laughs> but trying to integrate social and emotional learning into a very traditional school model is still extremely tricky. And so I won't give you all of the details, but I ended up working at a private school and really developing the curriculum and the schedule and envisioning what different schools could look like, left that position for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was knowing that in my heart I needed to start something of my own, Mm. which turned out to be Be the Benchmark, Fierce and Flourish, which has existed in every possible form you can imagine at this point, (laughs) from monthly gift boxes to working with athletic teams to all the things that I still do now. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How do you make those transitions? I, as an entrepreneur, it can be really frustrating because you think, okay, this is the solution. This is the formula. And then you pivot and then you pivot and then you pivot and you don't (laughs) want to be confusing, but you have to follow what your heart is telling you to do. Yes. And I have pivoted so many times, but I look back and I think it was all towards the same goal though. Yeah. So, and the goal, part of the goal is for me to live my fiercest life, right? So along the way, when I started my business, I was still, I had quit my job at the school because that was all encompassing. That was everything in my being. And so I knew if I was going to start my own thing, I needed to have just a job, not a career, not a passion. I needed a job where I could earn an income while I built my business on the side. So in doing that, that was like my first step towards figuring out what does my fiercest life look like, where I get to be the mom that I want to be when I want to do that. And I get to have a professional life because I thrive on creating things and being in business and working with other people and 
also have my own, you know, personal life and my own rest and relaxation and uh, be able to utilize the tools that I preach other kids right. should be learning and using and moms and families and all of that jazz. So it's all been kind of that evolution working together and it's looked different at different times. I've tried things that didn't work for my family. I've tried things that didn't work for my clients. I've tried things that worked for my family at one time, but then our family changed because as you know, kids keep growing. Weird. Yep. <laughs> um, and so something else has to work. And so that's been, I think, a really beautiful part of my story and of my, for lack of a better word, like legacy or testimony for my kids and for my clients to show them like, that's how a fierce life works. It's not stagnant. It's not stable. It's not one thing. It's what it needs to be when it needs to be then. And you keep reevaluating. You keep reflecting on what worked. You keep being mindful of how it's working now. And you keep being proactive about what it might look like in the future. And all of those three have to like blend. So, mm. yeah. So let's go over the, I, I mean, we're not going to read the whole book, but <laughs> the six simple steps to daily confidence for teens. Do we yeah. have like a Cliff's Notes version of that? We do. So it's six simple steps because it's the acronym FIERCE. Okay. It's your fierce morning. So first thing in the morning, we feel gratitude. Not just say things we're grateful for, but truly have a visceral feeling reaction to things we're grateful for. I encourage kids to do that before they get out of bed. Let's start on the right foot. Let's feel grateful for something before we are even hit, our feet are hitting the floor. Uh, the I stands for I am statements. So these are the affirmations that not only do we feel are true, but that we want to be true and the lens through which we want to view our day. Uh, so I am confident. I am brave. I am flexible. I am open, whatever it is. And so we do a lot of coaching around the right affirmations for the right situations for the right kiddos at the right times. Um, so that's the F and the I. Both of those can literally be done in less than a minute, right? Yeah. If we're trained and if we're... Um, you know, in the habit. The E is exercise, mm. <laughs> but it's not really exercise. <laughs> it fits really well in the acronym, but it's really embodiment, yeah. right? It's really being aware of what do I feel like right now, both emotionally and physically, and how do those relate? So for kiddos, especially at a younger age, embodiment is doing jumping jacks for yeah. six seconds. You know, for myself at my age, sometimes it's more of a body scan and a one-minute meditation, you know, so exercise, but, you know, in a very broad sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> the R stands for read. And again, I tell people, if you're not a reader, that's not a problem here. Because what I'm asking them to read is an inspirational quote or saying. And then thinking about it. So if I read something, because this is something that I'm constantly challenging myself and my kids. And in this day and age, in this political atmosphere, we need to be raising kiddos who are thinking. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying just because Abraham Lincoln or Oprah Winfrey or Beyonce said it doesn't make it true or applicable to your life. Mm -hmm. So you need to read it and then you need to say, do I agree with this? Do I believe that this inspirational quote is legitimate? Why or why not? Think about it. And then if I do, or if even a part of it I do, how's that going to impact how I live today? How is that going to impact the decisions that I make. Can I think about this for a minute? So that's what read is. It's not like getting out a novel and like. <laughs> I love that though. It reminds me of um, Julie Bogart wrote a book called Raising Critical Thinkers. Yes, and I'm in the middle of reading that right now. Oh, that's so cool. oh that's my gosh. So 
Okay. So that's perfect though. It kind of really aligns with that because we're like flooded with information, adults and kids every day. And it's like, we can't just like take things at what they are. We need to dissect it and think, wait, do I really believe this? Exactly. And how do I stand up for what I believe and still work in this society and in this community? You know, for my kids, one of the big things is like, I'm not allowed to use the bathroom. I'm like, you are always allowed to listen to your body and use the bathroom. And if there is an adult in your life that is telling you that that is not true, then we need to problem solve that together and figure out how to make that work. Is that at school they say that? Yes. Because they have like certain times that they can do it. Well, like what if a kid has IBS? My gosh. Which one of my kids did when they were in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, Or actually it was, it wasn't IBS. It was something, but point taken, you know, and and I get it. And I so I explained to my kids, like, here's where your teacher's coming from. They can't have 30 kids 24-7, like right, 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 running all over the halls. And you also are an individual. So how do we watch out for the collective and understand right. the collective and then respect the in- individual? And helping them learn this when they're in kindergarten, first, second, third grade is amazing. Uh, and then recognizing that, like, oh, if I can stand up for myself in that situation – to an adult Mm -hmm. who I respect and I trust and I love, but also maybe doesn't always have all the information or know exactly what's best for me, even though they're in charge, you know? Mm -hmm. So being able to have, like live in that gray area and those nuances, that's what the read in the morning is all about. Love it. All right. We Uh, have C. C is create. Mm. So at some point we stop creating Mm -hmm. just for the joy of creating. Mm -hmm. And so especially helping my teens and my young adults, you know, like my law school kids or whatever, helping them understand even just taking, you know, a minute to three minutes to sketch something or to sing a song to yourself or to do a dance or to create a creative makeup look or an outfit or design your plate for breakfast in a beautiful way, something that brings you joy when you've put it out in the world. That's the point, like to tap into joy Mm. through creating something that is uniquely you. That's the idea. So it can be really fast or it can take all afternoon if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, And then the last E, F-I-E-R-C-E, is encourage someone else. Yes. So this is where we start pushing it out into the world. When you've done all those other five things, you're starting from, you know, if you wake up at baseline, you're starting from a really like high, happy, positive place. And then you get to spread that and you get to be that seed or that ripple that helps other people, you know, move on with their day in a beautiful way. So finding ways to encourage others is the last step in the first morning. All right. Listen up. Lagoon Pillows. Oh my goodness. They are back to sponsor the podcast. And let me just tell you, Lagoon is the best pillow I have ever laid my head on in my 39 and a half years of life. I have looked for good pillows for a very long time. And before Lagoon, I was settled on a higher quality pillow I got at Target. Uh, I I mean, I've tried Tempur-Pedic. I've tried other brands and this is by far the best. I think because it's so customized. You fill out a two-minute sleep quiz, okay? And whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a belly sleeper, however you sleep, these pillows are incredible. I have the Otter. My husband, Glenn, has the Fox. They are so perfect when you lay your head on them. And 
Listen, if you want a more firm pillow, they have those options. If you want a more soft pillow, they have those options. And they even send you the filling so you can fill your pillow as full or as little as you want. It is truly customizable. And we all know that like sleep is so important. If you are not sleeping well and the thing that you are laying your head on is contributing to not good sleep, you need to fix it because we are all working really hard to pursue athletic goals and dreams and sleep is so important. So listen, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 15% off your order and just then come thank me for changing your sleep life because Lagoon is amazing. All right, friends, back to the show. Okay, so you focus on young women, right? right. So right. why did how did how and why did you choose that? So I am one of three girls. Yes. And I have three daughters of my own. <laughs> so it was just a natural progression of I work with girls. It just yeah. makes sense. And I have male clients. I have three male clients right now. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So it's not that I exclusively work with girls, but when I do when I do my independent events, it's usually for girls. Uh, a lot of times I'll work with female sports teams mm. or mixed groups, not necessarily just like I haven't worked with a football team, right? But I've worked with a volleyball team. So everything I teach is because I need it. Mm. My husband needs it. My kids need it. My neighbors need it. So I like to hone in on the group that I think is ready for it. Mm. I guess in a way, because I know a lot of women that work with uh, mid-career life coaches and all of these types of things. And I think that's great. And I'm like, how about we go to the source of the problem? High school and middle school are the source yeah. of the problem. So let's try to start there. Yes. <laughs> and so they can, the idea is to eradicate the female midlife crisis or anyone's midlife crisis, because if we have the tools earlier that we know work, that science is showing us work, that psych psychology and, you know, this isn't like, it's not rocket science or it's not unproven. It's proven. They have data. They have peer-reviewed studies on all the things that I'm teaching. If we can help kiddos understand these earlier and start to use them so that becomes their default, using gratitude, using uh, good sleep habits, understanding how to encourage others and the dopamine hit that we get when yeah. we encourage someone else. Like it's so selfish to encourage someone else. I know. Because we're the one that gets the dopamine hit. You know, all of these things, when they understand these younger, they can create a life that works for them, that they love. And they don't do that because they know at the age of 13 what they want to do. They don't know. But they might have an idea. And then when they're 16, they change. And instead of being 48 and having made all of these decisions to get to this point at 48 and then you wake up and you're like, well, crap, this yeah. isn't what I thought it was going to be. And now I have to make a 180 degree turn. No. At age 16, they get to make a three degree turn. At age 21, they get to make a three degree turn. Three times during the age of 24, they get to make those turns. <laughs> you know, that's an age where a lot is changing, you know. So giving them the tools to know I can always pivot. I can always change you know, ignore my sunk costs and just move forward with the life that I know is going to help make me happy so that I can then spread that and make changes in the world that I'm meant to make. So that's the idea. Yeah. And so when you talk to younger girls, like middle school, like where do you start? It really depends on the girl. 
when I'm doing my group programs and it's all of them together, so I can't individually tailor it, it's choose your thoughts. Mm. Your brain is so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's working in ways that you can't possibly understand right now. So if you trust me and you trust that I've read the results of the scientific research, you will help me and help yourself by using affirmations, by thinking in positive ways, by reframing your negative thoughts at an early age. Not because we're being toxically positive. I know. I was going to ask you that. (laughs) We feel our feelings. Oh, my goodness. We are in our feelings. Yes. (laughs) We recognize our feelings. We name our feelings. We are in our feelings. And we choose not to let our feelings rule our actions and our decisions. Mm. So we can be very accurate about this is an anxious situation or this is a sad situation or this is a mad situation. And those are all real. I am affirming that you should be mad right now. I'm affirming you should be sad. I'm affirming you should be anxious on the first day of school. Absolutely. The first day of school is an anxiety-producing event. You should be anxious. And we have tools. Hmm. And we're going to use those tools. And we're going to problem solve. And we're going to train our brain to see what's next and what's the possibility and how can we make this beautiful together. And how old are your girls? I have an 8-year-old who's in third grade. An almost 13-year-old in seventh grade and a 15-year-old who's a sophomore this year. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. how do you – they obviously know what you do for yes. work. <laughs> so are they like, okay, mom, we know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're practicing this with your own family. So what's been really great is I've been doing this long enough. I've been at this for I think like 12 years now, 12, 13, somewhere in there. So when they and were really little. They were really little when it started. And so – They attended all my programs. And so what's beautiful about that is I'm not preaching to them as their mom. I'm a teacher in front of the classroom and I'm practically ignoring them because that's what you do when your kids are in your group. You don't show favoritism. You don't specialize them. You don't whatever. So I'm talking to everyone else's kids and they're just getting to kind of hear it and play with it and think about it and decide if they believe me or not because I'm not (laughs) coaching them specifically. Uh, one-on-one sometimes, my oldest is the one that said this the most. She's like, mom, I need a mom right now, not a coach. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And we have a relationship where she can say that to me and I can be not defensive about it. Like, oh, okay. Let me just sit here and hold you while you cry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever it is. Um, And that's actually why I started doing whole group programs again. I kind of let it go for the last year and a half. And my seven, at the time, seven-year-old and now eight-year-old, I realized hadn't had the benefit of oh. being in my groups the way the oh. older two had. So I'm like, ooh, I need to start doing some groups again. So parenting is a little easier when I get older. Yeah. Because my 15-year-old, we don't talk a lot about the tools, but I'll go into her room to like get something or clean something up and I'll see her like to-do list and I'll see her like affirmation statements and I'll see her, you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, it's working, right? She's doing it without me even telling her because she knows. And when she's not using it, she knows she's not using the tools and she's consciously making that decision, which I respect. When she's deciding to be ruled by her feelings because she's 15 and there's a lot of feelings, Mm -hmm. she recognizes that. And she, one of the tools that she uses that I love is she kind of sets herself a timer. That's something we've done since she was very young. Feel your feelings. How long do you need to be disappointed about this? Mm. 
30 minutes, three hours, what, what do you need? And then after that time is up, let's start problem solving. But she does that on her own now. She doesn't need me. You know what I mean? So when she needs to, whatever it is she needs, she's, she's doing exactly, thank God, <laughs> what I was hoping would happen <laughs> is that's her default to use the tools when she's ready to use the tools. Oh, that's good. I need that for my boys. I mean, I need I need to do that. My oldest, we're having so many issues with anger. And I'm like, how long do you... I love that statement. Like, how long do you need to feel this anger? Yeah. Like, you know, it's really hard to get a hold on it. Um, so with confidence in girls, one of the things we, my husband and I were talking to our kids about just yesterday was like, always tell the truth, or, you know, whatever you do, like tell us the truth. You'll get in less trouble if you tell us the truth, all that. And we, I was just thinking about certain six situations. Like I told my boys about a time when I was in seventh grade <laughs> and all the girls were smoking pot and I didn't want to do it because I was just like, <laughs> I wasn't ready to do that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had a couple girlfriends there that I thought, Oh, they're going to be there. So we'll, I'll be fine. I won't be the only one. Cause I knew some people were, yeah. but they ended up doing it. So I called my dad and he came and picked me up and that was that. He didn't even ask me details. He was just like, okay, obviously things were happening that you didn't want to be a part of. Yeah. And I tell my kids that story so that they can feel confident doing the same thing when they're in that situation, if they ever are. And so I'm curious, do you specifically speak on those kinds of things? Like when you're in a situation, be confident enough in yourself that you are it's hard to do when you're a teenager. Like you're going to worry what people think about you. You're going to worry that they're going to say you're a narc or you're not cool or whatever. Yeah. So like, do you, is this a topic you talk about? Oh, so much, so much. How do you operate socially, especially for my kiddos that are in smaller towns Yeah. where there's not a lot of options for social interaction. So we live in a fairly uh, big town. There's three large high schools. There's another like two or three like private smaller high schools. So we have a lot of options for activities, for social groups, for all sorts of things. But I grew up in a small town and a lot of my clients are in small towns and you don't have as many options. So how do you be yourself, be confident in who you are, but also not ostracize yourself from you know, what is happening in high school. Cause you can't tell kids like, well, wait till college, then you'll find your people. <laughs> I do tell them that too. I say, you're going to find even oh. more, you know, stronger relationships, as strong as the relationships you have now, you're going to find them as you get older and you niche down into what is most important to you. And how do you balance that now? And one of the great things I think about our online world is that kids can balance that a little more. So when their best friend moves away, who was their person who wouldn't, you know, do the drugs or whatever, and then they're stuck with all the other people or whatever, they still get to maintain contact with those people. Mm -hmm. uh, when they have a super niche game that they're really into, but nobody in their area is into, they still have online people that they can yeah, connect with too. in that way. So they can ha they have a lot of different outlets online when used in a safe way to still feel like, okay, there are people that get me, even if those people don't get me. And how do I get to coexist with those people? And that's a lot of where my one-on-one -on -one coaching comes in because it's problem solving every situation and for the most part, trying to do it in advance. Yeah. Because you are so amazing that you had that sense of like, okay, my friends are 
are not going to do it so I can go and I, I, I have a plan. Yeah. My friends and I are going to be together. And then when that didn't work out, you had a plan B. Yeah. And that's exactly what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients. I'm like, okay, if you are presented with this situation, whether it's with a significant other and you find yourself in a place that you didn't you don't expect to do be. want to do it, yeah. Like plan A, B, or C, you know what I mean? Uh, if it's with your parents and you know you're going to get in trouble for X, Y, Z, what's your A, B, C, what's your, you know, and so really problem solving with them in advance. I cannot stress this to parents enough. I can't tell you how many times parents are like, well, we haven't discussed that because it hasn't come up yet. I'm like, we can bring <laughs> it up in advance. We should be bringing it up in yeah. advance. That is the best possible scenario because when our kids know kind of what our values and our moral and our thought process is on things and we've had a back and forth discussion, when they're not in the thick of it, it's so much easier. When they're in the thick of it, it is so hard. But if we've already had a conversation about how do you handle when you're presented with drinking or dr- drinking and driving or drinking and or drugs and whatever, you know, whatever it is, when you're presented with that, um, and you've already had two or three conversations in advance of that, it's so much easier for them to continue the conversation. So many of my clients are just scared to bring things up to their parents that they know they need to talk to their parents about, but they don't know even know how to start the conversation. So yes, we talk about, if you can imagine a teenager going through it, we talk about it. Sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll, you name it, you know, like parent issues, sibling issues, teacher issues, college issues, living on their own, you know, whatever it is. And I bring it up as the coach mm. nine times out of 10. Um, once I've worked with them for a few years, a lot of times they know they can bring up anything with me, but I'll bring it up. And at first they're like, oh, I don't know if we should talk about it. I'm like, we need to talk about it. That's exactly why we need to talk about it because you're not sure how to talk about it. How do you talk about sex? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I stay curious. Yeah. I ask them to stay curious and I stay curious. I'm like, so what's your, have you had any romantic relationships? Yeah. yeah. What does that look like? And kids date, and I use that in extreme air quotes. Right. So young these days. It's oh, it's ridiculous. crazy. So, you know, and they're like, oh, I had a boyfriend in fourth grade. I'm like, oh, tell, <laughs> tell me about that. What was that like? Did you what, – what was that like, you know? And so getting them to talk about um, romantic relationships and how they feel about them and what they think – and what their – they love telling me what their parents think about them or what their friends think about them. And then I'm like, okay, but what do you think? And then eventually they'll come around to ask me what I think. And so I'm like, well, if you want to know, I'm happy to share. And so I share my philosophies on dating and sex and all of these things. And I say, you know, you have to form your own opinions. And a lot of that should probably be influenced by the values of your family. And if you haven't had those conversations with your family, I have on occasion started those conversations with the family. I will say to child would you like me to ask your mom to talk to you about this? Or would you like me to be involved in a conversation like this? And several times they've said, yes, I don't know how to bring it up, but I know that I want to say something or I need something to be said, you know, about whatever. And I'm happy to help facilitate that to begin with. And a lot of times it's just telling the mom like, hey, this is something they're thinking about. You need to have a conversation about this. Yeah. And I think parents are scared to do that. And also like, if you don't think like, oh, they haven't been introduced to this yet. You're probably wrong about that, yeah. right? Like, it's so true between school and TV and <laughs> you name it, you know, and I'm not for censorship. I'm not a big censorship person. I'm very much like, let's watch it or read it and talk about it and discuss it. And 
I'm open to you debating with me as they get older. You know, there's definitely a developmental divide right around the age of 11, 12, where prior to that, they're like, oh, mommy and daddy know everything. Yes. <laughs> For the most part, except when I should go to bed. Um, <laughs> but then there's this developmental shift of, wow, adults really don't have it figured out. Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> as you grow in your own parenting, you're like, wow, my parents didn't know what the heck they were doing. <laughs> Yes, it is. We're all just out here doing the best that we can. (laughs) Oh, so true. All right, friends. I want to thank 2B4 for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This is a unique pre-workout that is made up of blackcurrant berries grown in New Zealand that contain high levels of antioxidants called anthocyanins. Blackcurrant anthocyanins are science-backed and benefit-packed. Black currant berries improve your endurance, they kickstart your recovery, and they strengthen your immunity. You can drink it daily 30 to 45 minutes before you work out. I just mix it up with water and take it before a workout. I am loving it. 2B4 is offering an exclusive limited time offer to our listeners. Big discount here, 30%. Nobody does 30%. 30% off 20 packs plus free shipping when you use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at checkout. Just go to 2before.com. That's the number two before.com and use the code Lindsay. So when you work with the teens, yeah, are you also having one-on-one meetings with the parents? When they request it, yes. I... Keep them apprised of anything. I always tell the kids when when I first meet them, I'm like, first of all, if you don't want to work with me, I'm totally fine with that. I'm not for everyone. You're not for everyone. Yeah. So this has to be, you know, a symbiotic relationship. Number two, I will keep everything you say confidential unless I believe you or someone else is in danger. That's yeah. part of my education background. I'm a mandated reporter in the state of Illinois anyway, but that for me extends to the entire world. If yeah. you or someone you know is in trouble, I'm going to sound the alarm. And I don't reiterate that to them a lot unless I feel like they're holding back from me something. Yeah. I'm like, remember, this is confidential. And then a lot of times they'll um, – and very rarely is it anything that they are in harm's way or danger. And I will also keep their parents apprised at that same situation uh, in that same sense, not of specifics that they said, but of generalities. Like – have you noticed that they're struggling with this specific friendship? They're like, oh, no, I, they still, you know, hang out and da-da-da. I'm like, okay, well, you might just want to, you know, keep an ear to the ground because it seems like there's a little bit of tension brewing or something. Or I've alerted parents when kids have been dating and then broken up. Yeah. I'm like, you know that so-and-so broke up last week? And they're like, we didn't know. Okay, that's good to know. You know, so just little things like that. So I don't share confidential things that the kids are sharing with me. I never do that. Uh, but I do keep the parents apprised of situations. And like, I just had a meeting with a mom this morning. I've been working with her kid for seven years. Wow. Seven years. Uh, and she's in her senior year of high school. She's getting ready to go off to college. So we discussed a lot of things about like, how are we continuing to work together to support her through the next stage? So I'm not sharing anything specific that my client has said to me, but the parent views me as a partner in this situation. So how can we work together. So yeah, I do that type of meeting as well. So it's definitely a partnership has to be on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. I think that like people can be really fortunate to have relationships with, um, 
like that aren't necessarily in their own family where their kids can have like a confidential adult to talk to. Whether it's a coach or a church leader of some sort or yes, it's so important. And I pray and hope for them to have someone they don't have to pay to do it. You know, like if there's somebody that you can trust in your life that your kid can meet with on a regular basis and have that type of mentoring relationship, that's amazing. And I'm here too. Yeah, because it's not it's not super organic or like easy to make happen. Like it kind of has to be something you pursue and it's also a big ask of someone. Like can you be like once a month you guys go get ice cream together and you can just be an adult they talk to? Like I don't know. I mean if someone asked me to do that for their kid, I would, but like and it's 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 person to person, situation to situation, family to family too. Like yeah, so I mean I think that so often we just rely on our own parenting on our own so much. And it's, it's really, really hard. And, and our kids resent us and get mad at us. And like, we're not the person that they always want to talk to about these things, but they need an adult. My kids, I'm actively having, have other people in their lives for that reason, because regardless of all the tools that I have and that this is my area of expertise and that I'm like, nose to the grindstone on that. Number one, I'm still a person and I'm still a mom. So I lose my crap on them. Even though I talk about how to not lose your crap on your kids with other moms. (laughs) Totally. You know what I mean? So I'm still their mom and they still need other people who are just, just that extra layer of like, I'm not responsible for you in the same way but I care for you yes. and I want to see you be your best. And I want to support that. Um, it's, I mean, they have studies about this, that how valuable it is to have that person in your child's life. And you're right. It's just, it can be really tricky to find. It can be really well, tricky. And, yeah. And if you have siblings, like as the parent, like they probably have their own kids and you know what I mean? So yeah. like that, that can be really challenging too. Like I'm like, Ooh, the perfect scenario is like living down the street from your sister. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's not, yeah that's not, you're not close. And like, if you don't live physically close, but, um, yeah. I think it's something that we can overthink, mm-hmm. um, or we cannot think about it at all. And if we, it's one of those things where like, if you just take action and like, do something, it's going to help. Yes. 100%. 100%. Oh, kids, raising kids. <laughs> so what next? Are you pivoting anymore? Like, do you want, are you happy with where you are? Oh, I am. I'm a classic Enneagram three. There's always a new, okay. <laughs> a new uh, challenge to be accepted, a new mountain to climb. Okay. Uh, so professionally, I'm working on my second book, which is about friendship. I have a whole paradigm about how to figure out – it's called The Social Sweet Shop – how to figure out who are our good friends, how do we treat them, who are not as good of friends, and how do we treat them, and how do we suss all of that out. So there's a book on the way having to do with that. And training other people in my system is another – Avenue. So having other fierce coaches, because obviously I'm one person, I can only have, you know, yeah, X amount of clients at any given time. Uh, And really the public speaking space is something that I'm really growing into doing my workshops across the country. I've done a lot with adults across the country. I'd really love to work with more. I've done so much locally. I really want to spread that out because 
this next generation has so much opportunity mm. and I want to view it in that way as opposed to challenges, right? Like yes. there's a lot going on in our future and we can either, you know, rub our hands together and clutch our pearls and be worried about it or we can proactively give them the tools that they need to confront these opportunities and problem solve them and live their fiercest life. You know, the epidemic of teen anxiety and depression is parallel to the the anxiety and depression epidemic of middle-aged moms. Mm. They are linked strongly. Mm. And chicken, egg, who knows, right? Right. But we get to actively be voices of hope and of forward thinking and of problem solving in beautiful ways for our kids. And that's a message that I just, however I can get that out there, that's the next step. Oh, it's so good. You will. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm like picturing you speaking at like cross country camps and my mind goes to running, but yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean though? Like, yes, that's so good there. I feel like there's a lot of doomsday talk about, and we've talked about a lot on this podcast, even just like how horrible social media is and all these things. And like you brought up the good thing about it earlier in the episode, which I love, you know, Um, so yeah, that's so good. Um, Erin, what is one thing professionally or personally, I know we just kind of covered the professional thing, but that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet. So personally, my big goal is just raising three amazing humans. Mm, Yeah. They're so freaking cool. And being their mom is such a blessing. I don't know why I'm crying. I love it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, it's normal though. But it's so cool mm. to have these humans and see how they grow and how they change and be surprised by them in ways both good and bad on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> totally. um, and then get to be self-evaluative about, okay, well, you know, how do I use the tools that I'm teaching to both make my life fierce and help them craft their own fierce life? And so, you know, having a sophomore in high school, it's getting real, right? It's getting real, real that we've got, you know, three more years and she has big dreams. We're talking big Broadway dreams, right? And so how to support that and be who she needs and also help keep her in a bubble and not in a bubble at all. Right? I know yes. the balance of how of the balance and the and the tension of that, and when you have you know someone so close to college, then you look at the next one. You're like, okay, well, she's only five years away, and she's only you know what I mean. So you start to think in this like, and so balancing my tendency towards like, I have so many big dreams for them. They have big dreams for themselves. I have big dreams for my business. But balancing that with the mindfulness of now, how do I yeah. Like, be here now and love this too. And Facebook, again, a, a good thing about Facebook is Facebook helps me to do that. Because when I take a picture and I write a caption about it, I am in the now of what is happening in this moment and how am I treasuring that and loving that and really being able to savor those precious moments, you know what I mean, um, without getting too stressed out about the future or being too anxious about, well, how did I screw them up? 
Oh, <laughs> you know, because God. we're all doing that too. My my 12-year-old's really good making sure I know <laughs> where are the places that I have not exceeded her expectations. <laughs> and uh, my friend Emily always tells me it's not over yet. So even if even if you messed up, you're still going. And the therapy fund is always there. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah. I tell her, I'm like, that's why you're in therapy. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. 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 Don't complain about me and, you know, and keep me humble. So it's fine. Yep. Yep. What's the best, most recent book you've read? So I reread the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, okay. Multiple times a year. I'm literally almost always reading that book. I just like you're reading that and usually reading something else, but like exactly. you always do. Yes. That's my nighttime book. Yeah. Yeah. Because it puts me to sleep because I practically know it by heart. Like yeah. it's that good. And I think every teenager should read it because I think we are all creative and it's very much about living a creative life. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you go into accounting or engineer, like you are going to live, if you live a creative life and you learn what that feels like and what that means you're that much closer to your fiercest life. And so mm-hmm. I I make my clients listen to excerpts of the book all the time. So that is my number one, hands down, favorite book, always reading. Um, and then I just read like the, whatever, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've read both of those books. When you have them listen to ex- excerpts, do you like pull it from Audible or something? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's Constantly. good. Is it her, is it Elizabeth reading? Yeah, so good. She reads that and she reads Eat, Pray, Love on Audible. Uh, but those are her uh-huh. only books that she actually narrates. That she reads. I'm like, oh, I want to read. I want all of your books to be narrated. Every, I love her. Voice. I know. I wish every author, I mean, assuming they have a not annoying voice. <laughs> <laughs> but you get their inflection and you get, I love yeah. reading memoirs that way because I'm like, we are best friends now. You've shared yeah. your life with me. And I know you your own voice. There. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Me and Michelle Obama were like this. Best friends. <laughs> best friends. Um, do you have a trip or somewhere, you, uh, an adventure you've taken with your family that you recommend? You know, we have stayed pretty close to home with driving distance. Like yep. we've gone to Florida a few times. We've gone to Michigan. We just went to the Ozarks. So I think where we go to us is much less important. We're discovering this than just going yeah. somewhere. That makes sense. Making those memories together where my kids aren't distracted by what's happening in the neighborhood or what's going on at school or whatever. Like we're just, the kids get along better on vacation. Oh my gosh. When does that start happening? (laughs) (laughs) Because they realize they only have each other. You know, there's no one else here. Like it's just us, you know, and, um, you know, good, bad, or ugly, it's us together. And I think it really promotes us as a team like mm-hmm. our, our family is a team, you know, when we, when we take those trips. I'm like, are we just moving the fighting from home to like another state? Is that yes. what's happening right now? All, all of the things. It does get better. And they'll, rem- you know what? They don't remember the fighting the way they remember the good times. Yeah. I think it's just family to family too. My kids are super close in age. They're all boys, you know, like they're, they just, they fight, 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 fight. And it is like so hard. But my okay. sisters and I were two years apart and we yeah. fought a lot more than my kids do who are a little further apart. Yeah. So, I think the age gap probably helps a little bit. Not to say yeah. it's easy or like it doesn't happen, but, but I do notice that it's, and yeah. it's different kinds of fighting too. When you're like 
less like a lot of my kids are less than two years apart. They're just like, you know, <laughs> so and the they, same. Fi- they physically match up to each other, too. So like if it's a physical fight, they're like similar in size. You yeah. Know? You're like, we don't know who's going to come out on top on this <laughs> one. <laughs> this is real. Um, what is your last message to leave with the audience? My mantra that I teach all of my clients, all of my kids, and that I truly feel very strongly connected to is I choose my thoughts Mm. in order to create a life I love so that I can change the world. In a nutshell, that's all of it. (laughs) Thank you, Erin. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today, Lindsay. So fun. So fun. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Erin, for coming on the podcast. To learn more about Erin and all that she is doing, just go to erintar.com. You can learn more about Fierce and Flourish, which is her company, when you visit erintar.com. And you can learn more about this podcast at sandyboyproductions.com. Find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626 over there. Thanks so much for being here, and we will see you next week on Why is Everyone Yelling?